All right. Three, two, one. All right. We're here. All right. So welcome back to the Shop Class Podcast. We got people joining the room right now as we're hitting record. Uh, tonight's guest is uh, Jay Abitz. Did I say it right? Abitz. Abitz. All right. And uh, there's Nick over there, the tech fireman. He's from upstate New York, and Matt just went to dinner, but he'll be back. He's in Illinois. And uh, we got a couple other people that join in. Even a guy from Australia, Damien, comes to visit. Right on. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's cool is um, Jay's a finalist on the uh, – first of all, Jay, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and Nick, how you doing, man? I'm here. You're here, yeah. <laughs> Come on, right. then we have to go back. All right. When do you go back? <laughs> we go back before the uh... – Yeah, dogs barking. I hear it. So I'll, I'll, I go back after Labor Day. Uh, and uh, basically, um, I'm just finishing up the project at home. I got a project I'm working on that I got to get done. But uh, the way I found Jay was through the Harbor Freight Tools for Schools finalist list. I'm like a stalker. I literally just found him, you know. Uh, okay, Duke just got here, I think. And what I did was I went down here and I, I went for, uh, let's see, where's the... Oh, yeah, don't keep going. What's up, Duke? How you doing? Okay. He's going to unmute himself, I guess. Uh, I don't know where the finalists are. I'm looking for that. Anyway, I went on here, and he's a finalist, so I invited him in. And the first question I always ask every guest from now on is, did you have shop class growing up? But you have an extra caveat to that. I think your dad was the shop teacher, right? Yeah, he sure was. So you could say I had shop class my whole life, I guess, but... And is, um, is he in this photo here? Yeah, he's right next to me there with the with the gray hair there. That uh, photo was taken for a video, a district video we made a couple of years ago, and um, that's a number of his former Skills USA state champions. Wow! So yeah, he goes all the way back to uh, 1972 and started Whoa. competing in Skills USA and collision repair in 1979 or 78, one of those two. And uh, a bunch of those guys, you know, are our former state champs and some of my students as well um, at, at that time. So really cool. You know, and those are the guys um, when I, you know, we have a plaque and, and some things, you know, to, to memorialize you know, the, the achievements that those guys have done. And um, those are the guys whose names are on that plaque, man. So it was cool getting all them together. That's awesome, man. And did you take his class? I did. Um, I, I kind of took a, a roundabout way. I certainly, you know, never would have imagined if you asked me in high school if I was going to be a, a teacher, much less a shop teacher, much much less come back to freedom, zero um, percent chance. But that's just kind of how it worked out. And and I was I was at tech school, you know, just doing auto body and, and hanging out, not really sure what I wanted to do with my life. And my dad was getting up in years and thinking about retiring. I thought, you know, I could do that. And everybody's like, no, no, don't do. That. I don't think so. That's maybe not the best. And I said, well, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to, you know, the UW and uh, go to the big university and, and see what's up. And, and I made it through there for a year and I thought, well, we're here. We might as well do it. So there we are 15 years later. That's awesome. 
And the, the, the name of the town is, is amazing. It's Freedom. Yep. There it is right there. And yeah, we're, we're a little town, um, about 6,000 people, uh, just outside of Green Bay. So, you know, the Packer traffic literally drives through Freedom. We're like the back roads to Green Bay. So um, kind of nestled in the middle of the state full of a bunch of, you know, hardworking, red-blooded Americans. There you go. That's great. Uh, what a cool name of town, man. Absolutely. Uh, now, yeah. Now, um, what, uh, is the shop, is the shop part of that school or do you have to go around back or something? Or? It is. The, the shop of course is around back, but yeah, we're, we're on that building. <laughs> okay. I got you. So like down in here somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there's that little, um, kind of U shake back. Uh, parking lot there to your right on the screen and, and that's where we are oh nice that's awesome man that's good and you got a whole bunch of space right well like i was looking at these yeah photos. we we make it work we're we're about uh 5500 square feet um you know certainly there's a lot bigger auto shops than ours but the uh you know the space works for us and we've been trying to run a referendum for a couple years trying to get us some more space and maybe a, a little bit better layout um it's kind of a, a weird shape because this school is one that's been added on to a bunch of times so um, i'm sure you guys are familiar with old buildings you know you just kind of get what you get when when they add on so um they added on this shop that we're in in 1996 and you know my dad obviously was teaching then and we spent the summer up here i was scraping paint off the floor you know, from the old paint booth and, oh, yeah. um, you know, moving stuff around. And, and so uh, it's always been a near and dear to our heart. That's awesome. This is in a museum, this car? Yeah, that's a one-off there. That's a, that's worth Googling. That's a Mose Ostentine Opera sedan. Um, and that was built by this crazy guy, um, Bruce Mose. And he owned a seaplane company and he built a couple of cars and that was one of them. It's like 28 feet long. I mean, it's the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life. You guys had it in the shop? Yeah, we we were part of, uh, we actually were partnered up with another school here locally, um, a friend of a friend who found it. And we, um, it's M-O-H, M-O-H-S is Mo's there. M-O-H-S. Um, and uh, Bruce built this built this car, like I said, built a couple of them. And you actually enter from the back. It's like this huge hatchback, just kind of like a, like what a seaplane is. Um, the car was riveted together. Um, but in 1967, you know, and that's another, that's a safari car. That's another one of his cars. Yeah, we got to so, go back here. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in there when, when you Google images probably. Yep, there it is. <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah, it's wild. The the seats turned um, nitrogen in the tires in 1967. Wow. Um, and, I mean, just a, a whole bunch of super creative things. What is this thing? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy, man. That's great. Yeah, so, so that's in uh, – um, and Matt, that, I don't know where you are in Illinois, but it might be close to you. Um, that's in Wayne Lansing's uh, museum in Illinois. Oh, you entered through the back. Huh, I'm I'm down in the middle state. Is that? A, I wonder if that's up near Chicago or something. I I'm, have to look. I don't remember exactly. I don't think it's too far from Rockford. So certainly still northern yeah. Illinois, but yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Super cool. Here. Whoa! Look at this. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> right. 
And what, it came in for repair or something? Yeah, so when you saw all those blue pictures, that's the state that it was brought to us in. Um, it had basically been sitting in storage for, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 years. And they wanted to restore it. Bruce, um, at the time, was still alive. You know, he was in his late 80s. And so we were we were commissioned to you know put it back together, and so we stripped it and did the body work and painted it that Aztec gold. That's the color that you see on it that was originally on it, um, but just did a ton of body work and fabrication to to bring it back and um, spruced up the the interior just a hair, just kind of cleaned it up and really left it original. Um, just really freshened up the outside there. And uh, our friends in Shano uh, Shano High School was was who partnered with us. Um, they did some breaks and some kind of you know mechanical work just kind of get it moving and rolling again. Um, but it drove, they drove it around to our car show, um, drove it about a 50 mile round trip um, after our car show. So it, it was pretty cool. Wow, this is like something else, man. And did it function? Like, did it, you could like walk inside of it? And yes, um, so that hatch actually, you know, it, it opens quite high. Um, I had to duck down a little bit, you know, to, to get in it. But like I said, the seats, you know, the seats swiveled. It was really like an RV in there, you know. Um, you could live inside that thing. And is it just one off uh, or this was like a production thing? I believe there was one of those and two safari cars, if I understand and remember correctly. That's so funny. That's awesome, man. Cool. Yeah, so you're keeping the kids like – like stirring it up. Oh, look at this. They have a model of it. <laughs> yeah, look at that. I'd like one of those. <laughs> that would be awesome. Look at this. This is pretty serious. Wow, no kidding. Uh, okay. Wild, man. Now, what's – it was like – how did you guys end up with it? A friend of a friend. So the, the former automotive teacher at Shano High School, which is about 30 minutes north of us, uh, went to college with my dad and, and knew him a little bit. And so when, you know, when that project kind of popped up, uh, his name's Fred Beyer and Fred said, Hey, Freedom High School will help us, you know, do the paint and body. And there it, it is right, right there. there. Yep. And Fred just kind of, I mean, kind of told us like, Hey, you guys got to get this thing done. <laughs> and so I, I, I kind of got dragged into it, but man, it was a wild project and it was, you know, obviously worth doing. Um, ton of work, you know, hundreds of hours in, in body work and sheet metal fabrication, but uh, really cool. Wow. That's exciting, man. It's a good idea to bring, you know, I've, it's funny because I've told people this before is, you know, like I did a uh, conversion from a gas to electric car with a, a Volkswagen back in 2008, 2009, when it was awesome. unpopular to do electric. And, you know, People ask me, is it a good project? And I'm like, not really. But it's great for making a splash, like getting your program, uh, uh, stir it up. You know, the kids get excited. The adults get excited. People in the community get excited. It brings in grant money. It brings in ideas. And, you know, what's good about that is that you really bring, the, shine the spotlight on shop class where a lot of shop classes get closed. Yes. Something like this could save your program. For yes de for decades it could yes. the, the excitement could last a decade you know you know and i've gone um i've gone way too far down that rabbit hole probably um uh, but that's one of the things that i wanted to do when i started teaching you know my dad um an absolute legend and a very humble man um never marketed this program at all 
And so when I started teaching, I said, you know, there's kids walking the hall in this building that don't know what we're doing. And so we need to not only do a better job in the building, but we need to do a better job in the community and, and in the in the greater world, you know, to showcase what these kids can do, um, how cool it is that they want to do it. You know, um, everybody wants to complain about these kids these days that, you know, oh, they don't want to work nothing. They want to fix nothing. Well, you just got to get them in the right direction, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like like you're saying, you know, you had a great project there. We've done a lot of you know different things. Some have some have been successful and some have been maybe not so much. Um, but cars, trucks, motorcycles, dirt bikes, four wheelers, you know, new stuff, old stuff. That's, that's where it's at. So. That's awesome, man. What, uh, let's, let's just, maybe we're going to find something else here. You're doing motorcycles too. <laughs> that's nice. Got it back on the road. It's kind of like a cafe racer a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Cut the tail. Nice. This is great. And some of these kids bring these bikes in and fix yeah them up. we we do a little bit of everything um we have some what we call program vehicles so you know things that are either donated um or someone you know that i have that's that's you know commissioned us to do a job um things that stay here for a long time because you know we don't do anything fast yeah um, but we also do you know especially mechanical repair and smaller things um, we do a lot of work on on the kids' cars, on staff vehicles, you know, community members, um, and we're so busy and so full right now. I've actually I've been turning away work here for probably two years, um, just telling people I'm not taking any outside work because we're just we're buried in, in the stuff that we have. But um, some of our smaller projects, like in small engines, um, you know, halfway through the quarter, the kids bring in, you know, stuff from home and, and that's what they work on. So certainly there's a little bit of, of um, their stuff, our stuff, donated stuff, you know, really from a lot of different avenues. Oh, small engines. That's one of my favorite. Uh, it's such a great way to like um, get more kids doing more stuff. Like the car stuff, there's only so many kids that can work on a car. Uh, what kind of small engine projects do you do? Is it lawnmower? So we do, um, first off, you know, we do the the standard Briggs and Stratton, you know, single cylinder engine, take it apart, put it back together, that sort of thing. So um, that's kind of the first, you know, couple weeks of, of each course. And again, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that because, you know, it teaches the kids engine parts, you know, basic function, that sort of thing. And I really do always value that. I think that will always be a great foundation just for the mechanical, you know, internal combustion engine process. I think that's great. Um, and then, you know, we do try to stick to, I guess I would say like outdoor equipment. So we're doing, you know, snowblowers and lawnmowers, um, weed whackers, trimmers, that kind of stuff. But my kids in my community, you know, again, we're a small town and the kids do a lot of outdoor stuff. So dirt bikes, snowmobiles, four wheelers, motorcycles, um, side by sides, you know, UTVs, that kind of thing. It, I really, um, the only time I tell them no is if it's really too big and we just don't have enough time or if it physically is too big and we don't have enough space. Yeah. So, um, you know, I run usually four different sections of that class. You know, we run that all year and we'll have, you know, as small as a weed whacker to as large as a, as a UTV or a golf cart. Okay. So the guys here know that I'm going to ask you what <laughs> I'm working on a stand to make it easier because of the vertical shaft problem. Oh right? yeah. And it yep. sits on the table and it goes like that. Or yep. 
it vibrates or whatever. What do you do? Are you using the greenie stand, the one that they sell you? Nope. I use a welding table, like a like a Miller welding bench. That's uh-huh. well, first off, we we have a horizontal shaft, but it's got a hole in the middle. So you could stick that vertical shaft in the hole and then we bolt it to the table. Right. So and then if, if I win have- if I win the Harbor Freight Grant, what I'd like to do is buy buy the forty, you know, forty, fifty dollar rolling tool cart and mount them right to the tool cart. Okay. Gotcha. Damien. He'll have to spend the money on you, Ron. When I was doing um, small motors at my last school, because of the shaft going down, I got a piece of um, basically four-inch pipe or tube, welded some pieces on the outside that would line up with the bolt holes for the mower so it could bolt onto that, and then I'd just stand the four-inch tube into a vice. It wasn't going to go anywhere, and they could just work around the top of it. Great idea. I just heard the other day that this guy used um, old-school – uh it was a wood spindle that had wire in it for copper wire but it was big oh, yeah. like back in the day oh, sure, yeah. and then he would put it in there and drill the holes right in it and then clamp the thing my stand's going to give you a couple of more advantage advantages i don't want to give away too much yet uh but yeah i think you're gonna like it i think it sounds like you're gonna like it it gives you a couple more options and it takes care of vibration dampening and stuff like that yeah um so uh anyway yeah so this is this is very cool yeah i do the small engine too i think the small engine is underrated it's a great project and then if you had a dyno for small Mm -hmm. engines you really could tune it or at least get a baseline you know like i have this one we have a dyno it's overpriced it's like 10 grand um from uh i forget what they call themselves anyway it's a water break and the kids couldn't believe that you could measure it. You know, they just didn't even know. Mm. What it does is it, it gives them a chance to think about why, you know, what affects the engine, how much fuel they're actually using. If they've got a bottle that has uh, graduated, uh, you know, lines on it, stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So let's see. Now, also, the big thing is that you take, you go to SEMA, right? And you compete. Yeah, have been. Um, we it just kind of happened. One of the first vehicles we had donated to us um, was an '85 Toyota 4Runner, and we have a friend. His name's Rick Pollock, and he used to run a really big indoor uh, car show up in Green Bay, and it was the the largest one in the state. And about 2015 or so, we had a couple of cars that we had finished, and we just wanted to be in the show. And I didn't want to pay, you know, his $50 registration. So I, I begged, borrowed, and, and pleaded my way into the show, and we ended up trading some labor. We had some volunteers, you know, working for his show, and so we built a little bit of a relationship there. And a couple of years later, Rick just up and buys this Forerunner and donates it to us on the last day of the show, and it was it was rusty. You know, it's been in Wisconsin its whole life, and uh, he says, you know, we should build this, and then you guys can raffle it. And I said. Okay, I mean that that sounds great, but I've never done you know Toyota off-road kind of stuff, so like we're gonna need some help. And Rick himself came in and, and brought some friends, and the long and short of it was is we got a, a ton of parts donated. Um, Toys for Truck is is a local supplier. Um, you know, had a, had a bunch of just cool off-road stuff, wheels and winch and all this. And uh, when we got closer to the end of the school year, um, the kids kind of came up with it and said, "Wouldn't it be cool to go to SEMA?" And I said, well, 
Sure. I mean, that's always been a pipe dream of mine, you know, check it, check the box. And uh, um, wouldn't you know it, we had uh, one of our biggest supporters, which is Sherwin-Williams Automotive Paint. Um, they actually offered to, you know, submit it as a show vehicle and it was approved. And so in 20, I think that was 2017, um, was the first year that we took a vehicle to SEMA. And so we got to show it, uh, made a bunch more, you know, industry connections and things like that, and then ended up raffling it off in the spring, you wow. know, to make the money for the program. So that's awesome. Now, just so if anybody out there, you know, doesn't know what SEMA is, um, I'll just give you, I'm, I went right before the pandemic, and I'll just give you a quick overview. This is the kind of stuff you'll see like, three supercharger can't see out the window just madness yeah. you know uh it's all aftermarket products even from the oem so anything to hot rod your car crazy paint jobs uh just the just the most wild things you could if if it's wild it's there yeah you know if it's wild then you can buy it it's there including um front engine lamborghinis Hot Wheel cars, they got the Hot Wheel cars there, the actual Hot Wheel cars. Yep. Um, just, you know, just just mind-blowing stuff. You know, tr off-road trucks with treads on them and, you know, just, just like, it's like a dream come true. You know, it's like, whoa, my God. Uh, even the compressor, like this is, a, this is an air compressor and they customized it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you gotta understand, like what you know, the level of detail. And this, I'm just giving a tour here, you know. And it's like, oh my god, uh, yeah. So if you go to SEMA, you're gonna see like, and and they got the techy stuff like uh, benders that use magnets, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So you see the equipment manufacturers, and then you get you could try out stuff. We did some welding, you know. Yes, if and it's free for educators. So if you're a shop teacher and you want to go to SEMA, it's free. You know, you just got yeah, and you want to go. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna regret it, and you just got to pay your way. You know, uh, so uh, oh, there you go, welding in there. Uh, I was just trying out some different techniques. So, uh, do you have any pictures of that of that truck you took there? So the you saw just saw the 51 Chevy, which was our blaster. That's that's the vehicle we took to SEMA in 2018. That was our second SEMA build. Um, the Forerunner is is red. Um, yeah, so right there, that's our that's our wow. second SEMA build. That's a, a fifty one Chevy five window coupe. That's awesome. And those are SEMA pictures. That's in the parking lot at SEMA. I like the patina, man. Yeah, absolutely. Just the scuff and clear. We we did put some new metal on that, so we had to blend in our you know our our new paint onto old paint and stuff. But we're pretty tricky that way. Yeah, this is awesome. You can see Blaster uh, came, stepped up and sponsored us for that trip. Um, they've been an awesome supporter of us over the years, too. I mean, they, they pretty much foot the whole bill to get us to SEMA that year, and that's that's a hefty price. So um, wow. they're awesome. They send us product and uh, really take really good care of us. There's my my four guys. Those are, those are my, my best kids. Um, those kids built both of the SEMA vehicles back-to-back. -back. So we took them as juniors uh, with the Forerunner and as seniors – with the 51 Chevy and those four guys, I couldn't even imagine the 2000 plus hours outside of school that they put in to make those two things happen. Oh yeah. PV blaster. 
I know yeah. stuff. <laughs> yep. Man, yeah. that's, that's amazing. What a cool thing. Like, you see, that's the thing about the shop class. You know, like, there's such good camaraderie, you know? Like, I remember any kid that built something with me at a shop, you know, we stay in touch. And, you know, a lot of them, I'm friends with them to this day. That's that's something that's overlooked, you know. I mean, I like they got the school. The idea is that the school is like it ends right there. But it, how could it? Like, right. you, you you had an experience. You guys went on an adventure. You, you pulled through. You got the truck ready. That's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Got some build photos here. Of, uh, oh, this is at SEMA. There you go. <laughs> Great. Some of these cars are just at Look at this thing. Like, what is this? <laughs> oh my God. And what year was that one? I'm going to say that was 2018. All right. Oh, that's the. I saw that. Oh, we went somewhere else. I don't know where I went. Anyway, yeah, this that's really cool. And uh, let's see some of the build photos. Oh, this is you guys putting it together? Yep. That's post paint assembly right there. Oh, very cool. So is so do you – okay, so to make this work, let's be realistic here. To make this work, you got to do after school hours, right? You got a club? We do. Um, you know, and, and we go back and forth on that. Uh, the We always – we meet, you know, pretty much all year round um, after school in the summer whatever. Um, our typical schedule is, you know, once a week or twice a month um, after school, six to 10, that sort of thing where, where we're, you know, hanging out in the shop and building cars and doing cool stuff. Um, when we've gotten into these SEMA builds, you know, the, the first one we started, I mean, we worked on it all school year and then we got the bid to go to SEMA every day from July 5th until uh, October 30th. We worked every day. Um, except for Sundays. So oh, <laughs> we worked all summer on it. Oh yeah. All summer. Um, we, uh, we put yeah. the time in, um, that was crazy. And Mrs. Abbott said, if I do that again, I'm going to be living outside the house. So, <laughs> so we got to try, we got to try to dial her back a little bit on, on that stuff. But that's funny. Um, this you know, year, you know, yeah. we have, because we, we still have two builds that we're trying to come to complete. Um, we're going to end up probably twice a month, six to 10. And then we're working on this stuff all day throughout the day in school as well so yeah. you know we're, we're working I, I can't even imagine still probably 60 hours a week um touching those cars so yeah yeah i had to do we basically just never left when i did these projects <laughs> yeah we would yeah we just yeah we got kicked out by the janitors and uh you know pushed that timeline as well and we just i, I remember i bought bulk items like peanut butter in bulk and bread <laughs> and you know and jelly and just they, they just feed the kids you just gotta feed them yeah yeah you if know? you feed them they will come yeah yeah it's like field of dreams yeah field of kids yeah high school shop kids they're amazing you know and it's a it's such a cool thing what a great opportunity you know for everyone involved that's great man that is cool uh now let's see oh i did find I found your name on the uh, here. This is how I stocked him down. And if anybody, you know, it, this is the funny thing about it. If anybody's listening to this, let's say a supplier gets a hold of this or, you know, or some automotive company, they really should reach out to the finalists because anybody on this list is probably qualified to advise them on, you know, how to market their product or how to get it into the schools 
or how to get kids excited about using their products, you know? So like there, there's, this is like, it's not just the, the prize, but it's the knowledge that's in this list. It's unbelievable what's on here, you know? So that's why I can't, you know, I'm, I've been reaching out to all these people on here. We got a few people that call back um, uh, and, you know, but I'm glad you said yes to this. This is great. So that's cool. And let's see. Um, you got the SEMA thing. Now, what's this year? You applied for a grant? I'm going to say that's probably a, yeah, Collision Repair Education Foundation. Um, that foundation, now I saw you doing the welding booth um, at SEMA with the ICAR group. Um, they used to be the same. They've, they've uh, moved on to their own. Uh, oh, there's the forerunner right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, before we got very far, that's the original forerunner right there. So that's great. Came a long ways. Uh, but the Collision Repair Education Foundation is a, you know, um, an organization that really supports uh, collision repair at the high school and post-secondary level. So they have a ton of industry connections. Um, a lot of really big time sponsors, like, like I said, like 3M and Sherman Williams, and they supply like those work shirts that you see there, but they supply us with tools and materials and equipment, um, continuing education and training for myself and my students. Um, but they've built for me personally, so many industry connections, um, that have paid dividends that I, I could never even list. Um, my dad works for NASCAR and has for many years, you know, so we got a little NASCAR vibe in us, you know, and those guys can rattle off. I want to thank Coca-Cola and Don Chevy and so on and so forth. But if I start down that road of thanking everybody that supports me, we're going to be here longer than you want. So um, <laughs> we have a long list of industry supporters that that take care of us. But Cref uh, really built that bridge for us and put us into contact with people that want to help us and grow our program. That's awesome. Now, you said CREF? Yeah, Collision Repair Education Foundation. Oh, I didn't even know what that, I didn't even know what that was. This yeah, anybody that's doing any kind of collision repair or auto body or restoration or any of that, if they're not hooked up with the Collision Repair Education Foundation, you, you got to get on that for sure. Uh, C-R-E-F. Oh. Uh, the wrong one. I'll find it. <laughs> ah, this is cool, man. You got a lot of, uh, I think you got a good program obviously. And, but you got a lot of, um, uh, like projects and whatnot. I really like that. Those Camaro transformations. Yeah. We got into Camaros. You know, my dad was, a was a, uh, stock car racer, you know, for, I don't know, 20 plus years. Um, and you know, he was, uh, racing in the 70s and early 80s, you know, when those were the stock cars. And so we've always kind of had a soft spot for those second gen Camaros. And uh, long story short, we bought a bunch of them. And so we used a lot of those cars. Um, and some of those cars that you saw pictured there were student cars too. Um, but we've, this program has probably done, I don't even know, maybe eight or 10 um, second gen Camaros. Um, and some of those came for, there you go, there's the foundation. Um, some of those came, you know, from my dad and cars that, you know, we built and, and sold and um, cars that were privately owned and cars that were student owned. Um, but we really uh, were kind of Camaro University or Camaro High for a while there because we really did a bunch of them and, and got super familiar with them and did some really cool stuff with them, too. That's awesome. I, I got to send this episode to my buddy, Manny. He's uh, 
He he's got what now? What generation is it with the the curvy body? So I saw the photo. Yeah. So you that's that's second gen. So second gen is seven nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty one. So the super cool split bumpers, those are early second gen, 70, 73. And then, you know, once you get past 81, then you get third gen, which is like the IROX, you know, the oh, Mullet yeah. Kings, which by the way, I have one of those too, is super killer. You got to do IROX, man. <laughs> He's I got a, little, got a little bit of mullet going. Oh, so yeah. It goes good with the IROC. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My friend's got the second gen and he put a crazy motor in there. I don't even know what he had in there, but he... He souped it up back in the day. It's in storage now. And then he just got a third gen and he's doing all kinds of stuff to it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He would appreciate that. This is awesome, man. And what about that Toyota? That what a cool, uh, you know, is that the back to the future Toyota pickup? Um, well, I think so. Yeah. I think that's what they had. Well, no, they had a legit pickup and ours is a forerunner. So I guess it's, it's a little bit different, but the back comes off of that thing. You go topless. It's basically the, the same vehicle, but man, you know, a rusty Toyota in Wisconsin requires a lot of fabrication to make that thing. Right. I'll tell you that right wow. now. We did a lot of metal work, a lot of welding, um, and then some, you know, body work on top of that. So I see you got here, the bowling pin, that's like a painting, uh, Kind of like a small project, right? Yeah, and they do that uh, again for the foundation there for for the Collision Repair Education Foundation. They actually get the used bowling pins, and then the students paint them, and they use them as a, as awards and kind of you know desk plaques yeah. for for donors and and you know people that support the foundation. So um, we've done a bunch of those over the years. You can see right here, you know, a couple of kids that that finished them up there. And for us, it's a cool project. I let a lot of underclassmen do it because. You know, you're doing body work, you're you know, using filler and, and then you're priming it and painting it and then custom painting it. So uh, there's a lot of useful practice and skills in, in what we're doing there, too. So do you do any pinstriping? We do. Um, the, a lot of those bowling pins are, are pinstriped, you know, and that comes down a lot of times to the artistic ability of the student. Uh, me personally, I can barely barely draw a stick figure. So when I got to get creative um, I've got to use, you know, I use stencils and fine line tape and I'll even use, you know, the vinyl cutter to cut a stencil or do some things. So, um, I'm pretty creative and pretty successful doing things that way. And I can, I can fool it and fake it pretty well. So I teach the kids to do it that way too. If, Hey man, if you're not artistic, this is how I do it. And so we, we get away with it. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, you know, I've never tried it, but I always want to, I got a friend of mine that does it. It's unbelievable. It makes everything look just so much better. Uh, and then sometimes people, you could do, you could work on the tools and stuff. Is this a demonstration? Yeah, we have a lot of people. Um, I, I, one of the most important things that I share with my kids on a regular basis is I'm not a guy that's going to BS you and tell you, you know, I know how to do something when I don't, or I don't know the answer, you know? And so I'm very honest with them. When I don't know something, we're going to find somebody that does. And so I bring a lot of people in um, with, you know, different skill sets and different backgrounds. And um, this gentleman here, this is Dave Byron. And Dave Byron is probably one of the best sheet metal fabricators in the nation. Um, if he wasn't so darn humble, he'd be on TV too. And uh, he's he's done a lot of different things in the industry. He's owned his own shop and worked on his own. And 
Um, right now, he's getting paid a handsome dollar to uh, sublet for a number of shops in the area. And, you know, he's building, hand-building, coach-built, one-off cars. Um, one one business that he works for, and I'm not going to mention their name because they're kind of one of those shops that's on the low. Um, they do Ferraris and Porsches, and everything starts at, you know, $350,000. And so um, Dave can, you know, literally hand-build um, and, and fabricate, you know, fenders and doors and things um, out of flat sheet metal. And so we've done a, a lot of metalworking in our uh, in our projects and in our restorations. You know, we're making parts and we're fabricating pieces. And, you know, I, I can do a little bit of that myself, um, but Dave takes it to a whole new level. And so I've learned so much from him and he's a very meticulous guy. Um, so even right now we're working on a, on a 75 C10 and Dave's kind of taking charge of that project with the kids in our auto club nights. And, you know, when we're, when we're fitting doors, you know, I've been fitting doors since I was a kid and uh, Dave will fit it better than I will. Cause he'll spend that extra five, 10 minutes or, or 20 minutes or an hour or whatever it takes. And so he's great with the kids. He's um, such a gift to our program. Yeah. There's Dave running a power hammer there and um, the man can make anything. And so the kids literally just standing and talking to him is is a gift that I could never provide for them. So um, we're so fortunate to have him as a friend of our program. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I do a little bit of sheet metal work, and uh, you know, with the kids, we do dust pans and whatnot. Nothing yeah. too exciting. Yeah. But um, uh, sheet metal is cool because it's not just uh, bending; you can also thin the metal, which will give you like a, a compound curve. Yes. And, uh, and, and then that comes down to, you know, shaping and then you can actually hammer and dolly. dolly yes. Stuff, yes. Well, and we, you know, obviously we do collision repair. We still do real dent repair and metal work. You know, we're not just replacing uh, late models with, you know, new panels and new fenders and things like that. We still fix dents. We still use body hammers and dollies and, and, you know, um, tools that are, that are repairing stuff by hand. And so, um, those sheet metal skills, you know, that Dave takes to another level. When you talk about bumping sheet metal um, and compound curves, like you described, you know, shrinking and stretching and things like that, um, that makes my students understand how metal moves better um, and understands malleability and yield points. And so our dent repair then improves and our bodywork improves and our welding improves. And so, um, you know, that's a, a skill set that carries on and on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, you know, the kids don't, you know, it's surprising, you know, they don't realize that metal is kind of like this movable thing and you can, uh, you know, and, and then when you liquefy it, when you, when you weld it or you heat it and cool it, you know, there's different levels of uh, hardness, you know, so there's, there's a lot to it. I always ask the kids, how come the steel file can cut steel? Like, how can you cut steel with steel? Yeah. You know, uh, how do you cut butter? I always say, how do you cut butter with butter? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, one one of the butters has to be harder. So you could be either, either colder or a different compound of butter, you know? So yeah. <laughs> like, how would you do that? You know? So, you know, different carbon rates and and whatnot. And, you know, the kids always, when they don't know, they take the, the file and they're like banging on the table. And I'm like, okay, that's going to break like chalk. And, you, know, <laughs> you just don't realize. So this is a Man, this what an exciting program. I wish I was in your school. <laughs> you know, it's like amazing.
I, I got a Model A that they can work on. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would love to add a Model A to the fleet. That's that's on my list of things to do yet. Well, no, no, no. You can work on it for me. <laughs> you can give it back to me. <laughs> I have one that needs body work <laughs> and painting. Well, I thought it's a Woody. Aren't you going to do the body work? Timmy's a woodworker. No, I, I have another car. Oh, okay. I have another car in hiding. So oh, it's uh, it's been sitting uh, for a couple years uh and uh, it, it it needs a lot of it needs some love, and uh, I don't. I've I've called a couple of schools around my area and asking them if they want to do, like if they would do it, I would loan it to them, to let them do the work, and let the kids learn on it. And you know, a couple's kids said yeah, they a couple of schools said yeah, but you know, it ended up being one of those where you know they're like ah, we can't with because of this. We're working on this project right now. Well, for free, Timmy, you got to give them some sponsorships, some money. Come on. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, it's one of those. I reached out to see if I could get a get a school to use it as a teaching aid to restore an old car. You know, but yeah, it was. And then one guy said, "Yeah, they would do it," but they brought a Ferrari in and they oh, but yeah. the kids butchered it. <laughs> So it takes a lot of work, you know, the teachers got to, you know, like some people ask me like, oh, do you want this car? I used to take cars all the time. Now I'm like, eh, not so much. You know, you got to be real careful about your time and space in the shop, you know. Jay, yeah. do you have any other uh, shop classes? Say that again. In school, do you have any other shop classes like wood shop? Yeah, we have a full uh, metal shop and wood shop. Um, again, our our school is small and, and our, our shops are small, but for what we have, we're, we're pretty well equipped. And um, so most of my kids do take the, the woods classes and the metals classes as well. So um, the wood shop is pretty standard old school, you know, wood shop stuff, nothing too crazy there. I mean, we've added, you know, laser engravers and stuff like that, but we still got lathes and um, just basic, you know, power tools and machine tools. Uh, in the metal shop, we do, you know, uh, multiple types of welding. Uh, we still have a forge and a foundry, um, although we're not using them as much. We're kind of looking to update that stuff because it's bordering on the, on the lines of maybe unsafe. So we, we'd like to get some, some newer equipment. But um, over the years, we've always done forge and foundry. Um, you know, we have a, a CNC and some lathes and mills and things like that. So um, doing some machining and welding. And, and then, you know, we overlap. Um, obviously with my auto program doing what we're doing, um, we use the wood shop and we use the metal shop and the machine shop and, um, we're making parts and fabbing stuff all the time. So, um, we certainly need those two other shops as well. That's awesome. Uh, dad? does yeah. he keep, does he come around every once in a while? Keep an oh, eye yeah. On oh yeah. Dad used to check on us quite a bit. Um, now it's a little bit more of an occasion when, when he pops in. Um, but he used to check on us quite frequently. I even got him to sub for me for for, for a couple of years anyways. Um, but my dad's 75, um, still in, in good health and good shape and stuff. Um, but he he gets around and he actually he teaches a night school as well. So he's in the building. Um, he teaches an adult uh, night class through the through the local tech school. So um, he's still very familiar you know to our program and, and still certainly a part of it. So we're, we're blessed to have him. We live again, this is a very small town. Um, I live about a mile and a half from school, and uh, my dad lives, you know, four miles down the road. So he's he's right there when we need him. That's great, man. 
man. That's the way to go. Yeah, you, you. It's great to see you're invested. You know, you're. Yeah. You're doing it, and I like that you're. Um, you're open to showing the shop and and getting uh, people involved and whatnot. You know, early on with the internet, a lot of teachers, especially shop teachers, were like slow to adapt to social media and sharing of projects. And I was like, man, that is the best tool. Finally, yeah. a way to communicate with other shop teachers uh, without having to deal with like the bureaucracy, you know? So yeah. we jumped on the Instagram early. And then this show is like a result of shop teachers, you know, talking to each other over, uh, over the internet. You know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you've built a, a really cool community. This is a good, you know, a good thing you got going. You're, you're making an impact for sure. Oh, yeah. No, thanks. And everybody here has helped out. You know, these, these guys are the regulars. Matt's doing the newsletter. It's pretty amazing. Uh, now, do you think you want to give us like a quick tour? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, this is a bonus. Yeah, no, totally. I also picked this location because it would be more quiet. So let okay. me, uh, I'm going to mute my first screen here. We'll switch it over. Okay. This is cool. While he's getting ready, Damien, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Okay. Still, still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay, flip your phone like horizontal. Oh, there we go. There you go. All right. So I'll, I'll try to move in some small, you know. Oh, hang on. Let me mute this other screen. Yeah. Those desks look like dominoes. Yeah, no, I don't have an echo. Um, I will try to move, you know, small, small moves here once we get settled. But um, I'll just start you right here because I'm in my classroom. You know, nothing uh, fancy here. Uh, we do have a, a little bit of technology, but it's hidden. So we, uh, in the summer here, you know, get pretty shut down as far as, you know, maintenance has got to do some things. You see, you know, they did my, my wax floor here and stuff. Um, but we spend probably, you know, 30% of our time, maybe 40% in the classroom. Um, I do, you know, I stand up and teach and we're using um, mostly web-based curriculum, uh, not standard textbooks, but, you know, teaching from a platform that is web-based. Um, even pre-COVID there, you know, I was trying to, always trying to use technology. So like you say, you know, so many people were resistant to, to change and stuff. And I, um, I really wanted to, you know, make that a part of my curriculum right away. So uh, you can kind of see a, a couple of the, the, you know, former SEMA signs here. We, we try to promote, you know, the things we've done in the past. Um, got a little, you know, wall of fame of some, you know, previous vehicles we've done. This is the, the plaque. I'll show you that. This is kind of the, the Skills USA Memorial. And so, you know, my dad's first state champion was in 1979, Gary Bulk. And he's, he's my neighbor, actually. I like that guy. Um, but, you know, he ended up with 19 state champions in his, you know, 30 plus years. Um, so he, he won a lot, a lot. And SkillsUSA made a huge impact for us um, as we, you know, we're getting launched here because Skills was one of the first things to really set a, um, a network for us and create, you know, um, some bridges to industry of people that wanted to support us and, you know, donate tools and products and equipment. So um, SkillsUSA has been and always will be a, a really big part of, of what we do here. So we take that 
um, state competition and the national competition really serious. And um, actually this year uh, we had a, a national champion. So Luke Murphy, who's a junior this year, uh, won the Skills USA Collision Repair National Championship. That's the first one we've ever won. Um, first one for the state of Wisconsin at the high school level, and we're we're really proud of him. Nice, nice. This is awesome. Yeah, I, I think competitions. I was late to the game doing that. Now I do a uh, uh, a Shell Eco Marathon. But I think every, if you're a shop teacher. It helps to be part of a competition. You don't have to do it all the time, but it, it does help because it brings the spotlight. Absolutely. So here, here's my spotlight. This is uh, just outside in the hall here. These are all the magazines that we've been featured in in my tenure here in the last 15 years. So I'm not going to run you down the whole hall here. But this goes into the, you know, the marketing of our program, um, even just within the building, you know. Um, the kids need to see that we're proud of what we're doing. We're proud of what they can do. And, uh, you know, what we do is special. And that's not, you know, just saying like what I do is special, but what the kids do, what you guys do in your programs is special. It's, it's better than English and math and science. And I don't care what anybody says about that. That's the facts. How dare uh, you? I, yeah. My kids go out in the world and um, use these skills to, you know, benefit themselves in the future. They go out into the real world and, um, you know, not all my kids, very few of my kids go into the automotive industry. They go out and do all kinds of other trades and um, have successful careers, but they use many of the skill sets that I teach them in those, you know, in those jobs and in those um, future life pursuits. So, um, again, highlighting what they do and marketing our program, that's a, a big goal of mine um since i started and, and will continue to be so nice yeah thank you i agree obviously i'm biased but you know the english classes i don't think they're doing enough application if they wrote books and published the books that would be interesting Absolutely. and the math classes if the math classes solved real world problems instead of just math problems then i would be more excited about it i just don't yeah. understand what the other classes are doing. I think they should do more application, real, real application. That's really what the class, that's what a shop class is. Absolutely. Um, how about I just take you for a lap here? I'll take a deep breath and I'll just show you all the stuff. And then if you guys want to circle back to anything, maybe yeah, that go for uh, it. Do you have a vending machine? <laughs> um, I got banned, actually. That's one of the first things I wanted to put in. But somebody else is making money on one of those things, so they told me I couldn't. <laughs> they, uh, there was a guy that we had. I don't remember where he was. He had a vending machine. And he had safety glasses and welding gloves and, yeah. you know, MIG sticks and all types of stuff in there, Be uh, meat sticks. And uh, what else did he have in there, guys? Uh, sharpies pencils yeah he helps yeah. stuff right in the shop and uh um, dartmouth does it in their in their shop for their engineering kids they have uh duct tape and stuff like that yeah all right you know, a lot of the there's a, a ton of you know we do a lot of fabrication in our um in our state you know there's a lot of manufacturing and, and weld shops and fab shops and um pierce and oshkosh truck or oshkosh defense are about 20 minutes from us. Uh, we used to say half the town of Freedom works for Pierce, Oshkosh Truck, or Miller Electric, um, all of which are, are in Appleton about 20 minutes from us. Um, and so, you know, they're making all the all the fire trucks and all the military vehicles. Um, I was there. I was at Pierce. Oh, I was you? At Appleton. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
um, those shops all do that vending machine style, you know, and that's how, you know, so they put an RF tag on it and then that's how they, you know, bill it to the job is those guys go over, punch it in the vending machine. Um, you know, this roll of masking tape is going to job number one. And, um, I saw that and I was like, oh man, I need that in school. Like the, just like you say for freaking safety glasses for the fifth kid today that lost his safety glasses. So that that's still on my list because I, I'd like to at least do, um, you know, those, I will call those consumables in the shop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. All right. I'll take you through here quick. Um, first I know you're, I know you're staring at the Oldsmobile here. So, um, this is a good project. This is a 37 Oldsmobile, um, also a Wisconsin car. Uh, but you can see we've built a chassis for this. So, uh, speaking of Camaro love, it's got a, a second gen Camaro stub in it. And then we built a tubular chassis, uh, off of that, have a four link in the back and uh, S10 rear end with disc brakes. So I have disc brakes all the way around. And um, this will also, you know, obviously we got to build it from the ground up here. So we've got all this stuff and it's it's a rolling chassis now. Uh, that's kind of the point we left off at this year. And then next year or this coming year, I guess next week, um, <laughs> we'll start building the floor. And uh, we're hoping to have an engine transmission in it this year and, and maybe... Um, maybe let that be a, at least a roller, something that moves by the end of the year. Um, this car actually, you know, you got to have those inside connections, Tim, that's what you need to get something done here. Um, but this, this yeah. one's my, this one's my dad's. So uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to put this one together for him. Um, he's got to pay for some stuff, so we're going to write him a bill, but, um, this, this car, you know, it could take us, I don't know, five more years. So, um, you got to work on my timeline too, but, um, you can see the stance, you know, it's, it's low, it's mean, uh, and it's, it's pretty cool. So this back area here, um, this is kind of the back half of my shop. Again, it's not very big. So, um, this is where we store stuff. And then we also use our small engines area. So during a small engines class, this is just full of, uh, small engines projects. And you can see, you know, a couple of motorcycles laying around and, um, a moped, you know, never, never in short supply of, of a small engines project. And we have some, some storage. And then I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with hydrographics or hydro dipping. Oh uh, yeah. Really big uh, hydrographics tank. And we bought that kind of made a deal with a friend and, and made a trade and blah, blah, blah. And we probably still owe him some money, but um, we've, we've added some hydro dip to our refinishing process. So um, you know, when you do hydrographics, you end up going through the entire paint process anyways, cause that has to have a base coat underneath and a clear coat on top. So just seemed like a good fit. It's one of those things, you know, definitely not profitable for us, costs us probably way more money than, it, than it'll ever be worth, but it's cool. You know, that's what it's all about. So it's that a cool, cool, uh, addition to what we do. And we've already done hydro dip for, you know, a number of our car projects and things like that. So, uh, really neat addition to our project here. So this uh, this is our paint booth. We've had a paint booth since 1972. Obviously, this is not the one we had in 72. Uh, one of my first goals when I started was to get a new paint booth. And so we got this one in 2015. I, I raised all the money for it and uh, you know wrote some grants and things like that. You can see the, the Hagerty Education, which is now uh, the RPM foundation. And they, they actually gave us $10,000 for this booth. They you know, wrote a grant and got that going. So we spray uh, Sherwin Williams automotive uh, finishes here. 
and they actually donate a water-based uh, paint mixing system. So that's what you see here. So we can mix any color in the rainbow, you know, any, any vehicle, I mean, going as far back as you can get a paint code, we can mix that color. So we do a lot of, you know, fancy tri-coats and pearl coats. And then, you know, as, as simple as they come as well, you know, black and white. So, but black is not black and white is not white, just so we're clear. <laughs> uh, I've spoke to the R RPM, uh, uh, you know, foundation before. They're, they're cool. They get support uh, craftsmanship yeah. and restoration and whatnot. That's great. Yes, absolutely. There's, uh, there's a handful of the people involved in that. Nick Ellis is pretty close to us. And uh, Nick's just a great guy. You know, he, he'll just call me up out of the blue and say, hey, Jay, how's it going? What, what can we do for you this year? You know, that kind of thing. And um, again, that's what you and I are talking about here. Just the, you know, making those industry connections to people that want to help us because um, all of us in this education game, you know, there are people that want to help us. We just, we have to ask and we have to know how to ask. And then we have to convince these people that um, they really have what we need, you know, <laughs> so um, the booth, you know, again, midsummer storage here, but you can see the the remnants of our Jeep. This is our current build. Uh, and this one, you know, it was slated to go to SEMA this year and we really just flat ran out of time. Uh, so we're, we're hoping, you know, that we're going to take it maybe to another show, uh, something bigger, you know, certainly out of state. We'll still travel with the kids and go somewhere. But um, this one we've been working on for a couple of years. We got this vehicle donated as well. You can see, you know, we got all these parts that are fresh out of paint. Got an AMC 360. Uh, we did not build this engine. We uh, we had this built locally. Uh, obviously, we're doing the, the final assembly and things like that. But the uh, the electrical and mechanical is in pretty good shape on this particular vehicle. Obviously, the paint and body is all done. So we're doing a little bit of final wiring and then, you know, basically just final assembly on this vehicle. So um, we actually got this as a bushel basket. Uh, three different Jeeps, you know, piled together. So uh, we're, we're putting it together, but we're finding we're missing some stuff. So <laughs> gotcha. uh, a couple more motorcycles here. This is mine. I rode this here today. So nice. You know, I didn't clean it. So don't judge me. But um, this is a custom mixed uh, color that we that we made here at school, too. So um, I do occasionally color. My own stuff. That's not, you know, don't hold that against me either. Yeah, it's not the. Uh, not the Harley denim. This is a custom color, so it's cool. Uh, is it a flat color, though, like similar to the is. denim? It is. Um, I, I like all my colors, uh, satin. So we do spray a base coat, clear coat. So there's a, a satin clear that I use. Uh, Sherwin-Williams makes a really nice one. Um, and then I actually use another brand, too, as well. Um, but this is a, a Sherwin-Williams base coat with a Sherwin-Williams uh, flat clear or matte clear. So... Yeah, super cool. We, yeah. We've done uh, we've done flat gray and flat blue and flat black, and um, I just I love all that stuff. And actually, the forerunner that we took to SEMA was was a flat uh, red. So um, I like everything flat. But everybody tells me that I got to paint these cars shiny. So we're uh, we're in dispute on that one. <laughs> you had some extra, so you threw it on the helmet. Oh, absolutely! Every time I paint a motorcycle, got to have a helmet to match. That's that's just how I roll. So. <laughs> Um, this is a 2015 Passat that this donation came through the uh, Collision Repair Education Foundation. So um, some schools that get these vehicles donated, build them and sell them. Uh, we're actually going to repair this vehicle and just keep it. So I've never had a donated vehicle that I kept. Um, but I'm finding that a lot of my um, more you know intro level learners 
are not comfortable necessarily working on their own cars. And so, you know, they need a shop vehicle to work on. They need something to change oil and rotate tires and change spark plugs. Um, And one of the things that I've learned over the years, too, is doing this stuff in a hurry, you know, on the clock really sucks. That's that's stressful. And so um, doing live work, you know, when the bell's going to ring, that's probably taking years off my life. So, oh, my God, I know what you mean. (laughs) You know, so when I have a kid that, you know, wants to do six spark plugs or something like that. Or again, even just simply doing a tire rotation to really do a tire rotation, right? And use anti-seize and torque specs. It, it takes some time. And so uh, this vehicle, you know, it does have some collision damage. It looks good from this side, but it, it does in fact have some collision damage. Um, this will be a great project for our collision classes. You know, it's like I said, it's a 2015. So we're going to do some late model collision, going to replace some parts, going to repair some parts. Um, we don't get to do a lot of work like this that's live, you know, where we're, where we're really doing, you know, obviously like these two, this is going to get a, a, a new door probably. So we're going to gut this door and take the electronics out of it and, you know, swap it over to the new door, probably a used door. So, um, you know, really going to get into what real collision repair is like they do in shops today. And so uh, we don't always get to do a lot of late model stuff. So this is going to be a really good opportunity for that. And then once we get it finished up and it runs and drives and, and does all the things and looks like it should, um, then, like I said, we're just going to hang on to it for, you know, maybe three, four years. And, you know, the foundation will happily get me another car when, when I'm done with this one. So um, we are not going to sell this. Um, our school district's not high on that whole uh, build and sell thing. So we will probably use it for the extent of its life or once that 2015 is, you know, you know, too old, whenever that time comes, um, when it's really no longer late model and then we'll, we'll probably sadly crush it. But <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. This is good stuff. Um, you know, especially with the, like hot rod projects are cool, but the new projects have, um, like a CAN bus and OBD2 and maybe some even hybrid stuff. So, you know, some of the kids get exposure to that. I, I'm actually starting to get into CAN bus and uh, I've, I've been doing electrics, but it was more like a hot rod electric. Now sure. I want to get into OEM electric a little bit, uh, probably at the small level. Like, believe it or not, I think the drones are actually CAN bus, but these things are because like the cars are becoming computers, but yeah. some of the hot rod stuff is from the, like they'll take a Tesla motor and put it in the hot rods and then they're using CAN bus to talk to it. You know, so these are, these are like the CAN bus thing is really becoming uh, important to learn, you know? Absolutely. And that's really how I feel too. You know, I can get myself personally, cause I love old stuff. So I, I can get pigeonholed into that. And, uh, you know, we rely on what the kids are driving and needing to repair and maintain uh, to do a lot of our live work on the late model stuff. Uh, But like I said, it's going to be nice just to have one here, you know, that we can really get into. And um, our kids, you know, in in this community, um, all of a kid rolling in a a 2020 Silverado, you know, (laughs) that'll pull in to do an oil change. So we certainly can have some of that stuff. Um, but like you say, you know, the, the, the old stuff is great, but we're doing them a disservice if we're not doing late model technology. So in our, in our automotive classes, you know, we're doing basic maintenance and light repair. So 
we do plenty of, you know, trouble code diagnostics and things like that. But like you say, to dive a little bit deeper, um, something like our like our Passat there is going to give us an opportunity to do that and not be on a time crunch, too. So, um, yeah, I value that. Absolutely. So this kind of sadly, this is the end of my shop. You know, there's there's the garage door. So <laughs> it's fifty five hundred square feet when you got a paint booth doesn't get very far. So. Um, this is, you know, we only have, uh, we only have one hoist here. We have one lift and I've considered, you know, some portable ones and things like that. But again, space is just such a premium for us here. Um, but we have one lift and we use it all the time every day, obviously. Uh, and now you can see our, our 75 C10 here. Um, this one was locally donated as well. And, uh, we've done a, a ton of metal fab on this thing. We actually, uh, kind of back half the cab took one cab and cut it in half and used another one and put it together and um so it has original floor pans and rockers and stuff in it but it's it's rust free so um that's a, a major accomplishment in the state of wisconsin and then you can see the new sheet metal from lmc truck lmc uh built a relationship with us a couple of years ago so when we got this one i called them up and they were gracious enough to donate uh, I don't know, three, $4,000 worth of parts um, on this particular build. So um, this one's got air ride. You can see it sits uh, pretty low the way it is right now. But we've got airbag suspension, uh, four link in the back with a fuel cell. And we've just blown this apart. I wish, I wish this was two weeks ago. You could have seen what it looks like assembled. But we're actually getting ready to disassemble it and paint the frame. And then we're going to jam the body. The body work is, is done enough to the point where we can jam it and then reassemble the body, finish the bodywork, and then we'll, we'll paint it up. So um, the highlight of this build, obviously, it's got a ton of fabrication in it, which is really cool. You know, when we're building suspension, you know, doing a four-link and stuff like that, um, this is actually, this would be our first one. We've done two other ones since then. Uh, again, had some people come in and, and teach me how to do that. I, I didn't really know how to do that. I failed geometry when I was in high school, so... Um, gotta, you know, gotta get somebody to double check my math on some of this stuff. But, um, you know, this is the whole point. We, you know, we pushed it, we did some things that are out of my comfort zone and, uh, certainly new to the kids. And, uh, this vehicle has been a launch pad for a lot of the other things that we do. And now we've, like I said, we've built, uh, three other or two other, uh, full four length suspensions, um, and haven't had any help with it. You know, me and the kids did that. And so obviously, we learned a lot along the ways. And um, one of those, I, I showed you a picture you had earlier on the screen of my home shop um, at my house. And that's got my 53 Buick in it. Um, that Buick has a, has a four length that we built uh, here up at school uh, underneath it. So um, pretty cool, you know, what we've learned over the years as well. So this vehicle and our Jeep, when they're done, the C10 here, um, both of these vehicles will be raffled off. Uh, or auctioned off. We haven't really decided which route we're going to go, but those are going to be hopefully big money makers for our program. And then we're probably going to dial back the big builds for a while because we've been we've been grinding here for pert near a decade on some of that stuff. And like I said, uh, my wife would like to see me more. I think is the, <laughs> <laughs> probably the the biggest push here. So can, can you show us the small engine area? Yeah, absolutely. I, I got a question, Jay. Sure, while you're doing that. Um, I, I don't know if I missed this because I came in late, but do you like decide like what day you're going to work on what car or do you 
have multiple projects going on at the same time where you have kids working on, say, the C10 and kids working on the Jeep? You know, how does that work? How do you divide sure. that? Sure. So our classes are, you know, quarter based uh, blocks. So I get about hour 20 minutes, um, four different classes in a day. Um, I teach on a double overload, so I don't get a prep or a break or anything. I teach all day. I get a lunch and that's it. Um, we're just full to the brim here. So I'm out there grinding every day. And in each one of my classes, uh, you know, if we're doing like an auto one class, as an example, uh, they're doing basic maintenance and light repair on their own vehicles. And then if they have extra time or if they need some, you know, higher level learning, then they will work on one of our project vehicles. Um, you know, if I have something that correlates well to, to what we're doing on that particular day. Um, when you get into like an auto body class, you know, where we're doing collision repair, restoration, paint work, that sort of thing. Uh, then in those classes, typically one or more of our project vehicles are always in need of, you know, that stage of the repair process. So I tell the kids all the time, you know, in Freedom, we never stop sanding. We're always, <laughs> always going to be sanding something. So, um, you know, we could start, you know, just like the, the Oldsmobile here. Um, we could start sheet metal fabrication, rust repair, body work, primer work, any of that stuff at, at any time. And so a body class, you know, could pick up one of our project vehicles at any stage. And the only trick to that is to line up, you know, if we have an auto club after school night, I have to then, you know, try to coordinate what we're doing on a, on a school after school night to what's going on the next day in class, you know, and that sort of thing. So certainly there's a lot of challenges to that and it's not easy. And I pull my hair out doing that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, the hardest thing to do, it's, it's a, I guess I would say it's a two edged sword. I mean, you guys all know this, the, the hardest thing to do is keep the kids busy. They, they need to be doing something all the time. Um, that's, that's what we're here to do. We're, we're learning. So they need to be doing in my book to be learning, so I've got to provide them with the work and the things to do and at the same time um, not overwhelm myself and, and drive myself crazy and, and really run out of space too. So anytime we're working on these project cars, just like I got the Jeep crammed in the booth right now, um, when we blow a car apart or two cars apart at once, I mean, we're, we're tripping over that stuff. It's a fire hazard. So <laughs> space, you know, space is a premium. And small engines factors into that too. And so, you know, right now I have three motorcycles, a dirt bike, and looks like a moped showed up over the summer. So, you know, that stuff takes up, you know, valuable educational space too. So I do try to prioritize um, our work based on the, the class that I have, you know, that quarter, um, and then go from there on our auto club stuff, if that answers your question. No, yeah, it does. I mean, you kind of have to have things in the wings so that when, you know, there's nothing going on. You have something that they can do. And it's, right. just, it's the same way in a wood shop. Yeah. You know, I'm always running into different projects and I'm sure other guys are also where, you know, you got a kid, he's done everything he could possibly do because things are being clamped and dried or, or painted or whatever. And you don't want them to start the next project, but you need to keep them busy for 40 minutes. Correct. So there's always something in that pocket and, you know, and, and, and the unfortunate thing, sometimes it just ends up being, hey, can you sweep out this room or can you, you know, go put this away or, you know, here's some screws. Can you just sort these out? So, yeah, well, you know, and I, I've had so many great kids over the years. Um, I tell my dad all the time, 
boy, if I didn't have the kids I had the first, you know, two, three years, I probably wouldn't still be teaching. I just had amazing kids early on. And, and I do still today. Um, but it, it's, it's always so great when you see those kids that will do those things sometimes even without asking, you know, but I, I try to explain to them, it's, it's like running a business that's not profitable. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what we're doing here. You know, we're, we're going yeah. bankrupt and you know, who's supposed to sweep the floor in here? You know, do you, I'll ask those guys, you know, do you expect me to sweep the floor? Did, did I make that body dust or did you, who's supposed to take the garbage out? You're the one that filled it full of paper toweling. How about you take it out? You know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we try to try to promote that type of thinking here where, you know, we're all in this together and, you know, there's work to be done. Somebody has got to do it. And like I said, we're never done sanding. So I don't care if you're that top level kid that's taken every single one of my classes and, you know, you can weld, you can paint, you can do all this stuff. Go sand that fender over there for the fifth time. Cause that's what needs to be done. Yeah, totally. Got to keep people busy for sure. Yeah, I, I do like little competitive projects. So is this the uh, small engine area? Yes. Well, uh, oh, okay. I guess it's in storage or something, right? Well, that this is you know this is kind of where we because we do work in this area, and then you know we keep all of our small engines projects over there, and then I'll walk you over to my um, my bin my bins. So the engines, the Briggs and Stratton engines live in these bins here oh that's a great idea yeah so i have a shop that requires everything to be locked up so there's my my little strand here so the way i do small engines is they have a a tool kit and so that tool kit you know the 10 things that they need to take this engine apart basically right yeah um, their tool kit and their engine lives in their bin and even when they um, even when they are in the middle of the disassembly process, it all still fits in that bin. And so when these kids get these engines out, you know, they'll spread out on the, you know, on the workbenches, on the tables, uh, throughout the shop. It's, it's really a complete disaster. You know, I think every other school in the, in the neighborhood probably has like a small engines lab. I don't have nothing nice like that. So <laughs> we, we just no, it have works. To survive. Yeah. Well, I like to tell everybody, you know, if, if we if we had all that nice stuff, then nobody would think we're poor and they wouldn't give us anything anymore. So we can't have nice things. Yeah, no, this is great. You've made a fantastic use of the space. Uh, you know, I have a low ceiling and I don't have a lift, but, yeah. you know, you, you got to make use of it. You get a scissor lift. You, you got to see you got to see what I got going there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we we clear uh, we clear that truss by about six inches, and that's the that's the only spot in the shop. And the and the the hoist is not full height; it's only at eleven six or something like that. Um, that's the only spot in the shop it would fit. So, <laughs> and then you got a little welding booth right here. Yeah, and we have um, you know Miller Electric over the years. Like I said, literally, you know, half my, when I was growing up, half my friend's parents worked at Miller. And so we have a really good relationship with Miller. Um, we've got some of these tables here from the local tech school, actually from Fox Valley Tech. But we have in our, in our auto shop here, um, six different welders. Here's a couple of them over here in the corner. Um, 211s and 215s are what we use. So the, the 211 is a multi-process MIG welder. Um, does MIG and stick and a couple other things. Um, and then the 215 uh, has TIG as well. So 
we have these two tables, you know, kind of set up to, to be welding benches uh, where they can do, you know, stationary welding and actually practice welding. You can see here, if I can get it down, um, this type of welding here, this is a coupon that my kids work on. This is 18 gauge steel. So this is typical of what the uh, one of the old ICAR welding certification tests was. So they, they've changed that test. They, they do a couple different ones now, but this is 18 gauge. Uh, they do an open butt joint, a butt joint with back, a plug weld, and then a, a lap weld there. So are these are these pulse welded or is this uh, just straight? Nope, just straight MIG. Um, we do have a, a, pulse, a pulse welder in the in the metal shop. Um, but in the, in the auto side, we use just a, a straight MIG weld. Okay. Yeah. This and is a little great. bit. of tick. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's all you really need. You know, I, I have a small area where I, uh, start the kids on stick. We actually start on spot welding. Uh, oh, actually I should ask you, do you do uh, spot welding as well? We have, um, one, I'll show you here in the metal shop. Um, we have one old you know foot pedal squeeze type uh spot welder um as far as the collision industry goes you know in collision we do uh squeeze type resistance uh oh we might lose them i might i can go that far never mind i'm, I'm losing you when i go that far yeah 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 no problem you can see my there's my uh oh there you there. go that's it that's <laughs> what i have that's the i would yeah. I was going to try to give you a, a tour of the of the metal shop there, but I started losing my signal as soon as I got about halfway in. So no, no problem. I do see you have the uh, CNC plasma, which is probably kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh, man. We just got that. Again, I wrote a grant for that thing, too. Um, we got that up and running, I think, last year, maybe two years ago, um, just to make cool stuff. You know, I just yeah. wanted to make artsy stuff, signs and things like that. But, you know, we also wanted to make and fabricate parts. You know, we've made shock mount tabs and um, other types of bracketry and stuff like that, too, for our automotive program. So really cool tool. This is great. I mean, you, you first of all, you got the energy. And, <laughs> and I can, yeah, we, I'm feeling the energy. And you got so many things going on. And you've, you've got big projects, little pro You're very practical as well as shooting for the moon. I just yeah. think this is uh, super important. It's not easy to find a shop teacher like you, you know. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, like I um, I even uh, recently I have a a friend. His he calls himself uh, Oz Star Cars. He's on YouTube, and uh, uh, we started uh, talking, and I, I met him at SEMA as well. And he has twenty years experience with um, uh, uh, carpentry and and home repair but he also has automotive he does it at home and he's now thinking about switching careers and getting into teaching so he called me and i said look first thing you got to do is watch the movie school of rock if you've ever seen this movie that's what gave me the confidence and the energy to be a shop teacher that's it, cool yeah look, you're basically like the jack black of uh of shop teachers you're you're, you're coming in there like all right dudes we're going to build this thing. We're going to SEMA. Like, it's yeah. amazing, you know, we're going to call this place. They're going to send us other equipment, you know, like obviously you can't do this for every project, but it's this kind of teaching that is super rare, but I think is underrated. I don't think enough people realize how important that is. 
I'm sure you sparked so many careers. It's unbelievable. You know? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, that's that's really what we we all should strive to do. You know, when you talk about sparking careers, you know, in this town of, of 6,000, there are like 40 body shops. I'm not even kidding. Um, you know, and those are all former students of my dad, you know, and I, I think that's such a testament to what he did in his tenure. Um, and these are guys that are that are highly successful body shops, too. I mean, they're not some backyard, you know, uh, you know, backyard mechanic. I mean, these guys are, are doing restorations and doing high end collision work. And, you know, it's awesome being 15 years in now. I'm starting to see, you know, my former students going out in the world and, and being successful. And obviously that's that's a, a great compliment to, to what we're doing. But it's really it's really not about me. It's it's about, you know, the the program and what we can provide. And so um, I always my educational philosophy, I still have it from college, the one that I wrote it's in my filing cabinet, man, because I was right then and I'm right now and I'm going to say it till I die. Life and high school is all about the experiences. You know, those kids don't remember what they did on, on day one or what was on page 15 in, in the in the math book. Um, but they remember that after school night, that they, you know, snapped off a spark plug and Mr. Apt chewed him out for 20 minutes, you know, or, or whatever. Um, they certainly remember that field trip. Remember that one time we went to Vegas, dudes, you know, <laughs> they yeah. remember that stuff. And um, they remember those relationships and the, the cool things that we did. And again, the, the skills that they learned. Um, I always tell the kids, you know, I have a senior survival class that's like 80% girls and we do some really basic auto stuff in there. And I tell those kids, you know, if you never work on another car again, you know, doing this body work, at least you learn how to sand drywall. You know, you, know, you can you can certainly fix some stuff. You can do some of the basic things. And um, that's really what I'm after. I don't really consider myself, you know, super vocational, like, oh, all my kids got to go into the trades and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, they find their own path, but the experiences that we provide for them are what benefit them in the future. So that's that's really my focus is and and maybe, you know, sometimes I, I do think that that can be a weak spot for me too. you know, could I do a better job, you know, sticking to some ASE standards and things like that? Sure. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. But again, not all my kids go into the automotive industry. So if I can provide an experience and make a memory, um, I think that's as formative as anything else. Is a perfect transition. A lot of people are, are going to school now, like the, the summer's coming to an end. This is like a hype up session. And there's a great photo on Instagram that I found that you have. It's kind of like the ultimate shop teacher's <laughs> high school photo. Like, look at this thing. Oh, yes. That is, that's one of my favorite. That's actually my, my, my screensaver on my computer right here. I love that picture. Um, my brother-in-law is, is a photographer and many other things on the side. And he comes to take the pictures of this bike that we built. And he's like, dude, let's roll this thing into the hallway. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And we took these pictures by the locker. And like, this is obviously, you know, a Photoshop, you know, dark and light kind of thing. Um, but he printed off like 50 of these pictures, man. And like, this is my go-to screensaver. I absolutely love how that looks. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, Another you know one, someone's riding it. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. 
That's right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Oh, nice. That was yeah. uh, that was on the way to the show that we that we raffled it and uh, actually so we raffled it, made some money, and then the guy sold it to one of my former students, actually one of the kids that built the bike. So he's in the Air Force right now. He shipped it down to Georgia and uh, he's ripping it down there. So oh wow, that thing's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, you know that's what it's about. You know, you gotta you gotta spark the uh, the enthusiasm. Jeez. Yeah, right there's proof. Like. Classes like ours, the sky is the limit. Yes. You know, don't second guess yourself. You want to try it, you know. The kids, the kids will give you that confidence. That's right. Right there. Yeah. That's an awesome bike. Um, you know, and it's so funny because it's like if you look at this, you're like, wow, like it, this is you know, can you imagine if you instead of the bike, there was a book sitting there? <laughs> right. How many memories does that make? Yeah, and I'm not against books. My, you know, I I love I read books all the time, but you know, it's it's it just doesn't do it. Yeah. You got it. Right. I think the creativity is in is in the going from like okay, this was uh, maybe a regular a stock bike into something more, you yeah. know, and that that's what gets those juices going. It's like a campfire. You got to light the fire little by little and build it up. You know, yeah. our our hashtag there. Uh, built by high school kids. That's our hashtag. And so oh, we yeah. hashtag a, a lot of our stuff um, with that. And, and it's and it's the honest truth. Um, you know, I tell the kids all the time, if, if I pick up a tool, if I'm working, it's because I'm bored or the flip side, because I just really freaking want to do it. You know, um, our kids do all of this work. You know, they're sanding, they're painting, they're welding, they're grinding. And, you know, when we have you know, Dave Byron there teaching them how to do the sheet metal stuff, he shows them and then they do it. You know, there is real genuine learning uh, taking place here. And all of these projects are just the end result. They're the byproduct, man. And, um, you know, when I say that's built by high school kids, I mean that. And we're so blessed. We have uh, we have alumni that come back. Um, kids that, you know, guys that graduated that are older than I am that come back and help us and kids that I had as former students um, that have come back and, and, you know, they might come in, you know, once a month or once a year or every week. And then they bring back to the program what they've learned in the real world. Um, you know, I have kids that go out and work in the industry and then they come back and guess what? They know more about cars than I do. <laughs> you know, so um, there's a picture of one of the kids in there, Brian, Brian and his family, I had all three of his brothers and they're electricians by trade. Dad owns the business and all three of the boys are electricians. Um, Brian's my electrical guy. He was my electrical guy when he was a freshman in high school. He knows more about electricity than I do. So when we wired the 51 Chevy, when we, you know, put wiring harnesses in a bunch of other cars, um, I just kind of turned it over to him and said, hey, Brian guy, go do your thing, man. And he didn't ask me any questions. I can tell you that. Yeah, this is cool. And also, to, just to speak to the whole, you know, trades versus college, and, you know, I say this all the time, probably every podcast, but, you know, like, you know, I, I got, you know, friends that have kids and they ask questions and, or, uh, like, my best example is I had a kid come to me and he says, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. G, I can't take your class. I'm going to be a doctor. So, uh, you know, I don't need your class. And I was like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. Okay. So let me get this straight. When you go into the hospital or go into surgery or anything like that, is it is it like a barn with hay on the floor? And they're like, no. I'm like, 
what, 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 what's in the room with you? Is it just walls or is it like totally empty? And he's like, no, I'm like, what's in there? Is it robots, machines, technology? Yes. You know, like, so like, I'm like, why not learn how to use all that stuff here for yes. free? Yes. You know, why you got the chance, you know? So like, I mean, think about the, the Da Vinci robot that does the surgery, uh, you know, all, like very minimal evasive surgery, you know, and also we're going to Mars soon with all these space travel vehicles. So, I mean, it seems silly now to even say this, like, oh, we're going to Mars. They're going to need welders. They're going to need people that understand how rocketry works. They're going to need all these chemical engineers, mechanical engineers, and they're going to need all this stuff. And it doesn't have to be uh, just somebody turning a wrench. It could be way more than that. But you start here. Like, I got a friend who, just to give you one more example, and it's not just for you, but for everybody, is um, I got a friend who started, he never went to college. He started out, uh, you know, working on uh, cars putting twin turbos on, uh, on Lamborghinis, you know, uh, for high profile clients because he mm. could really weld very well. And he understood how the systems work. Um, and then from there went into manufacturing. He ended up working in like super high paced, uh, manufacturing. He's got his own company where he designs the machine that makes the machine. So the sky's not, you know, as you said, the sky's the limit, but the sky's not even the limit, you know, we're doing such amazing things and to use your hands to do something three-dimensional is such an important thing. Anyway, I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Well, you know, and it goes back to, you know, believing in teaching through experiences, but, you know, these kids, um, you know, learning how to use hand tools and identify tools and just, you know, basic safety and things like that. Obviously that benefits them anywhere in life that they go. But, you know, so much of, of what the kids need today is that hands-on application. And like you said, a doctor or a surgeon, come on, you're working with your hands or you're working with that robot. And so the application is so key. Like you, like you say, we're lacking that in so many other areas in the school building. Um, Real-world application to what it is that we're doing um, that's something that that I think, you know, all of us in the career technical education realm, um, we do that really well. And, and so um, that's really what I try to focus on, too. I, you know, I got a question. We're going to go around the room, ask if anybody's got questions or whatever. But um, I got a question about paint. I don't know anything about paint. Do you do you spend a lot of or obviously spend a lot of time on it? But how do you handle that? How do you get started? Do you you get into like uh, maybe paint samples or how do like how do you teach them about mixing and proportioning sure. and thinning and stuff like that? We um, the first step in paint is is the prep, you know. So we want to teach them to prep a surface, which basically means you know to clean it and abrade it in some fashion, um, because adhesion and having a clean prepped surface is is really the first step to success so we talk a lot about prep and i actually just stick them right into it you know they they take a fender and they prep that fender for paint and then we we stick those fenders in the booth and um you know i might you know paint a panel or something to to show them some basic setup and and how to make a pass um, but literally i will hand them the gun within two minutes of them walking into the booth and they just kind of have to figure it out for themselves a little bit, which again, I'm a big fan of that kind of teaching too. 
Um, I don't want to do it for them. I don't want to show them 50 times. I just want them to do it and figure it out and I'll meet you somewhere in the middle. Um, but you know, a lot of kids have a natural ability, you know, to see it, to lay it out. Um, the, the physical eye hand coordination and some kids just stick that paint gun up against the panel and, and blow the paint right off. And okay, you're, you're probably not going to be much of a painter. Um, you know, and, and some kids, you know, it's funny when you when you do restoration or body work, um, some kids really like welding or grinding. Some kids really like doing the mechanical work. Some kids really like painting. And some kids really hate each other step of that, you know, like, oh, I don't want to do that paint stuff. That's too meticulous or whatever. Um, so I really try to expose all of them to the basics. And then the kids that really latch onto it, it seems like I'll always have you know, uh, one or two or three kids, you know, at a time, either, you know, they might be juniors or seniors or whatever. Um, but we have one kid or two kids that are, you know, the certified painters that will paint our, you know, our show cars and things like that. And then they're always training somebody else. Um, that green sportster, you know, our favorite hallway picture there, um, that was painted by a freshman and that was the first thing that he painted, you know, wow. um, one of the seniors took him, it was Bry guy, took him under his wing and said, Hey man, I'm graduating. You better figure out how to do this. And, you know, and again, I, I didn't teach him. I didn't show him. Um, that was a, another classmate, you know, taking the reins and going, listen, man, this is how I did it. This is how you're going to do it. Nice. What now, now, how long, how many classes do you have and how long do you have them for? So they're quarter classes, which is nine weeks. Um, I have four classes a day, about an hour and 20 minutes per class. And um, we have two auto classes, like auto mechanics, uh, two auto body classes, an advanced senior auto class where they really just do everything, which is really a, a very project-based class. Um, and then I teach an intro level you know, freshman class where we're doing, I actually do a little bit of woods, a little bit of metal, a little bit of auto mechanics, a little bit of everything. Um, and then the small engines class as well. Nice. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you have a lot. You, you yeah, do a my, lot, my plate is full. Um, my dad, you know, for, for 35 years was just an auto teacher. He didn't really have to do any of the other stuff. Um, but, you know, the times have changed, the the, the requirements have changed. And so, I've, I've learned to adapt and, and do other things. I mean, when I was in college and they were talking about laser engravers and engineering and stuff, I was like, oh, no, man, I'm never going to do any of that stuff. I, I'm a car guy. I do car stuff. Um, and I also said I scoffed at the guy when he told me I was going to write grants. I was like, oh, that's dumb. I'm never going to do that. <laughs> Turns yeah. out that's literally what I do for a living. So That's so funny. guess they're right about that. Do you Dude, have what do you think, man? Do you have a laser engraver? We do. Uh, we have one laser engraver and uh, two 3D printers, and we're looking to add a couple more of each. Um, again, budgets, like I'm sure you guys experience, our, our budgets are pretty much non-existent for buying new equipment. So um, we got to you know raise the money and, and kind of do that. So, How about powder coating? You get into powder coating at all? Um, I, I go back and forth on that. Um, we, we have a small oven. We, we could powder coat some small stuff. I have a couple guys local that will do powder coat for us. Um, so things that I need powder coated, I actually, I farm out to them and they don't even charge us. They're such good dudes. Um, if I had the space, I would, I would put a decent sized powder coating booth in. Um, you know, if I ever get an addition, if they ever let me add on to this place, 
Um, I would have a walk-in probably like five by eight kind of thing where we could do wheels and some bigger parts and, you know, racks, stuff like that. Um, because obviously it would, it would fit in great to uh, the things that we do. I do some powder coat at home. I have a small oven. Um, I'm a golf guy. Actually, I'm, I worked in the golf industry for 13 years. So I tell the kids, I know more about golf than I know about cars. Um, but I do a little bit of, you know, I like to do play around with like golf club restoration and things like that. So do a little bit of powder coat, a little bit of anodization and things like that at home. So, um, love powder coat. Don't really have room for it here. Wow. Now do they, do they schedule your classes based on the available, um, usage of the out outside or ex exterior of the building? Like, do you have certain classes that will always run in? say December or that second quarter versus ones that will run at the end of the year where it's warmer outside. Yeah. The, it's cold. So, yeah, no, we, we go pretty much, you know, year round on that stuff. I do. Um, I'm blessed. You know, my, my administration and guidance department work really well with me. I'm, I'm absolutely blessed in that fashion. Um, they basically let me put the courses in the order that I want to put them in. Um, part of that reason is to make sure that our three shops are available when they need to be, uh, you know, because obviously we overlap on, on some of the things that we do. And obviously we share students as well. So um, part of that structure and how we run our courses is based on shop space and availability. Um, but I do, uh, you know, seasonal wise, I do schedule my auto classes to make sure I always have an auto class every quarter so that we can always be working on our projects. Um, if I had a quarter off where we weren't working on a car, um, that stuff would never get done, you know? So I, I do run it that way. And then I do also make sure that I always have a collision class in the spring because that's where my Skills USA competition comes in. And so I wanna have those kids working on those skills, welding, body, paint repair, that kind of stuff um when that competition comes up in in may and june so i, I always want to have that in the spring yeah i just didn't know about getting outside using you know local parking spaces and things like that yeah they kind of ban us from the outside so i get yelled at all the time for leaving stuff outside and how our i have a little itty bitty little storage cubby um that you know just looks like a scrapyard i get yelled at for that all the time but i i just ignore it <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I know. I know when I taught small, small engines, I always had a jockey around, you know, running the engines, you know, on, on certain days and different yeah. semesters. It, it was always better to have it the second semester. Yeah, this, this place is like the world's biggest jigsaw puzzle. And thank goodness the fire department likes me because like we're in violation probably every other day with just way too much crap and way, you know, way not enough space and outside storage and the list goes on. So yeah, I, I feel you there for sure. Cool. Um, do you want to, uh, oh, anybody can jump in, but I have this uh, photo you sent me of, uh, of your, is this your car? Yeah. So that, that's my home shop. Um, I got a, what is that? 40 by 50 or so. Um, a you know, it's, it's just on my property, you know, just outside my house there. Um, I actually talk about nepotism. I took my dad's job and I bought his house too. I made him move. So, um, <laughs> I always wanted a shop at home. I couldn't imagine, you know, not having a shop and having a place to work and, and just, you know, hang out and do cool stuff. So, 
um, that's my my shop space at home. And I'll do um, I'll do full you know everything I do at school I do at home too. So sometimes my projects don't come to school. Sometimes they don't. Um, sometimes they'll come back and forth and things like that. So um, this happens to be my my fifty three Buick and. Um, we did a lot of that stuff at school and then um, it actually was right just about finished uh, when COVID hit. So I hauled it to my buddy's shop down the street. You know, he actually runs a, a repair business, Van Sales and Service, former student of my dad um, and his son, former student of my dad and classmate of mine. Um, they they basically rented me a stall. I'm like, hey, guys, can I just like hang out with you for three months and build some cool stuff? So um, those guys are great. They're like my industry reps. Um, they help us, you know, in jams when, when my, like my dad likes to say, when you run out of talent, um, I, I run out of talent all the time. So you got to phone a friend, uh, van sales and services, like the first guys that we call. So, um, I actually took the car over there for like three months and basically worked for them, uh, during the, the Rona shutdown. Um, but I didn't work good enough to earn a paycheck. They did not pay me. So, <laughs> but, uh, Yeah. And then, you know, so at home there, we, you know, we do some stuff, uh, work on our, our own vehicles. And my wife actually owns a boutique and I built a mobile boutique for her out of a, like a giant UPS truck. Um, I, I did that at home in, in my home shop. And uh, that's a Google uh, pretty pink fashion boutique. That'll blow your mind. Well, I think I saw it on your Instagram, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you probably did. Yep. Um, this is crazy. That's so cool. Wait, you know what? I'll go from yours. Let me see. Here we go. And I saw it right here. Yeah, we're still working with Ron. Oh, yeah, there it is. I can't spell. I'm horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I can spell. I can't spell like on the fly. I tell kids all the time. I'm like, yo, I'm not your English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> My handwriting's terrible. Yeah, can't read it. Yeah, mine this too. This is so cool. <laughs> Look at yeah. this. My uh, my wife was a nurse, and uh, when we had our, our third son, my, my kids are uh, nine, seven, and, and five, and uh, when we had our third kid, um, long story short, she retired and uh, and started started selling clothes and, and started her own business, and we bought that truck, um, I don't know, maybe a year or so later, and I spent an entire winter... Um, you know, repurposing it. And uh, we, it's basically like a walk-in closet. There's changing rooms and, you know, clothing displayed inside there and, and for sale. And so she drives it all over the place to all these, you know, outdoor markets and festivals. And um, you can see that little picture of her shop there. Um, we added on to my shop at home. She's now got a 20 by 50 edition um, that serves as our storefront for that business. So this is great. You guys yeah, are she's world class. She's uh, I'm so proud of her. She's such an entrepreneur. Um, just made that thing her own and, and she's killing it in the game, man. She's, she's awesome. She's everything she touches is gold. It's awesome. I like these hats. What is that yeah. logo? That's the state of Wisconsin. Oh, my God. I went to <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is that? A mitten? please <laughs> we're also still working on his geography too <laughs> he can't spell or locate states <laughs> but he'll fly there anytime he wants yeah. <laughs> yeah, there she is that's amazing he'll go yeah. to california he knows california and he knows new jersey yeah that's, that's the only thing we know 
That is the extent of it. <laughs> Everything in the middle, he doesn't know. So. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is fantastic, man. What a cool collaboration. But when, Absolutely. Anytime we can, you know, we could, uh, you know, rub down uh, here, uh, Ron and, and give him a hard time. It's, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> now you got, you have to, we're, we're from Jersey. This is not, I wouldn't, I don't feel comfortable unless someone's <laughs> busting my chops. <laughs> no, this is really cool, man. Uh, oh, and look at this. Yeah, this is serious. Look at this, look at this whole website here. Absolutely. Nice. That's great, man. That's great. You need to see y'all to drive that? I, we do not. So I would be eager to get one, but we, we do not need one. So it doesn't have air brakes? Nope. Nope. That's on a like a F350 chassis. So drum brakes and really it's like a, it's a nine, I think it's a 95. I think it's a 1995, if I remember correctly. Really? Yep. Is it a gas or diesel? It's gas. I I uh, bought a school bus. I bought a school bus once, like a short bus, <laughs> and I a diesel, and I bought it from Brooklyn, and I I we converted it to a camper, and I drove it across the country. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. dude. This, these buses, these machine, these are like great platforms. Oh yeah, the floor is flat, and you, you could do anything with that. Yeah, this one's got the sliding doors too, so you just open the doors, man. You know, wind in the hair, and just just live it. Cool. It's always uh, a good feeling went through went through my hair, right, Duke? <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Yeah, that's great. So, um, yeah, man, you really, you guys are, you know, this is the thing. You're super creative, and you're you're passing that on to the kids and the students. This is just awesome. Excellent, man. Um, God, I had another question. I forgot. I don't know. Anybody can jump in there. I mean, we'll pretty much wrap it up soon. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, your time. You know, uh, it's it's you know, it's a long two. Oh my God! Look at Duke. Wait, you're muted, Duke. You're muted. <laughs> Unmute yourself. I got one. I got one last question for that pencil neck geek, Zavaki. <laughs> what do you, what 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 do you, what do you think? About going on the shop class podcast wearing a Hulkamania t shirt, <laughs> brother. That's what I had on today when I went to the ice cream place. Jay, you did a nice job. Zavaki, I don't know what's going on with that t shirt. <laughs> we all can't be you, Duke. We all can't be you. Come <laughs> out! Who is that? What, what character is that? That's uh, Macho Man. <laughs> Macho That's Man. NWO Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Should I rip the shirt like he did? Zavaki got the good one. I I got the bad one minus the beard. <laughs> this is the best shop class ending we've ever had. <laughs> No, last week was pretty funny. Our guest was right in the middle of telling us like the key to life. And he's like, you know, when you and then his phone went dead. Yeah, it was a good one. Oh, just... Let me break out the whale again. Hold on. 
Oh, geez. No, that was the best one. We won't even go there. Oh, my God. It was, showing some, it was showing some wood polished objects that looked funny, and I don't know what happened to me. They, the they looked very phallic to Ron. I started dying. I, I, I couldn't take it. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Yo, dude looks great. Look at him. Now that's a screensaver. <laughs> you can end the show right here. Jay, you did yeah. a great job. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Check in next week at the Shop Class Podcast. All you right. know, what we should do next time is we should have like theme nights. Like oh, everybody yeah. has to wear something that, and then have a theme. It's hard enough to get people to come in. Now can we get people to have a theme? So we could have wrestling theme tonight. <laughs> yeah, I would totally do that. We should do wrestling. No, it games. was it was it was really funny how I got the Hulkamania shirt. It was one of those things I was watching. Something was on TV, and I said, "Oh, I, Hulkamania shirt! I should I I want one of them." And so I went on Amazon and I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted a Rowdy Roddy Piper shirt. I couldn't find it. So it ended up being one of those. I'm like, oh, I've always wanted a Hulkamania shirt. So I found it and I bought it. Duke went and dressed up. <laughs> oh my god! All right, we're gonna end it right there. Shop class podcast every Wednesday, eight p.m. Eastern. You want to be a guest? Get in touch, Mr. G. Mr. G's workshop, shop class podcast, Instagram. All right, thanks a lot. See you Tune soon. In, Thank you guys. I enjoyed it. <laughs>